Hello, this is MT. Welcome to Global Citizen. Today we have a new guest and Claire. Welcome to Global Citizen and become our co-host. Hi, it's great to be here. Bear, thanks so much for having me on the show. Uh, my name's Claire and I'm originally from England. Uh, well, I was a museum curator for almost 20 years. Uh, then I moved to Madrid three years ago and I've been teaching English here, doing some tours of the river and um, working towards being a specialist English teacher for the heritage, museums and archaeology kind of industries. Um, so yeah, it's great to be here in the lovely Casa de Campo today overlooking Madrid uh, to talk to you um, about history. Yeah, so before this recording, we already recorded five minutes. I don't know whether I can get it back, so let's see. This is my first time record outside, so I'm also very excited. And uh, we record something about the history, narrative, also the word, her story. And uh, actually, as a woman, it's very difficult for us to see the role model in the history book we read. We read all the grand narratives on men. And, especially for today we really had a war so it's unbelievable with this technology with this encounter of a human being still we have so many misunderstanding between each other and i was thinking why women are so important in history because women are not just the, the machine to give birth and the, the caretaker actually we had the first uh, uh, wi-fi wi-fi created by women. Actually, we don't learn it in school. In the textbook, only 7% of the figures in the textbook, they are women. So we are very underrepresented in the history books, textbook, in the education, in almost everywhere. Yeah, that is true. I mean, you, you take a sort of history book and you get the usual, the usual suspects. <laughs> you, get, you get Florence Nightingale, uh, maybe Joan of Arc, um, Cleopatra, and all these kind of um, really super unusually famous women. The, the you know rarity really but what, what you don't get and it is it is getting better i must say it is getting better it's just everyday women making an impact not queens uh not you know royal family not the great and the good kind of thing and that's the same with all history it's the same with men you have this you know the great male um great men theory of history kind of only important rich people do anything or make any kind of impact and that's doubly doubly true for kind of women um but that's not the case and it's kind of increasing we are getting social history looking at social history from women's point of view and men's everybody's point of view really and it's putting that the women back into that narrative um because they were always there it's like women have ne never done anything and then suddenly we are doing things then we've always been involved it's just it's not really been recorded very well or that contribution hasn't been seen as, as relevant or interesting so it's putting it it's putting it back in something that was already there in the first place yeah so i was thinking when women start to join the industry about archaeology so women could find more evidence to show how important women were in the history actually when we found this kind of red stones with the shape like the vagina actually this is put into the tomb quite often because this uh, people used to believe this is the ticket for the heaven you know you came from vagina and you went back to vagina but actually in the official history narrative we barely can see this evidence and so many viking generals their tombs we found the 
uh, bones with women. And uh, a lot of people said, oh, it's a fake. It couldn't be women. It must be replaced. The soldiers, when you think about this general, this army, it have to be made by men. But actually in Viking, in the Louis chess man, actually the maker, nowadays there was a book talk about that, and the maker maybe a woman. There was a very famous queen holding her face and sinking with one hand and in China it's very interesting people say oh the queen was sad because the queen had no power but actually in the international chess game queen was very powerful uh, she was the consultant for the king she need to think very carefully so this kind of thing we couldn't get from the official history like people just ignored who made the Louis chessman and the we had a women inside, but you still call it chess man. Look all the name about a police man, chair man. Uh, and we have this language couldn't represent us. It's like we ask, it's like English, you say they. But both of us speak some Spanish. We know ellos, ellas. And we realize where are ellas in English? It's just gone. So in this language, we couldn't say there are is a group of women there and we have to use the neutral word to say they because in China 70 years ago we don't have the word uh, female she so that's the reason as a Chinese speaker I always misunderstand the pronunciation between she he because in my language the pronunciation is same is ta so that's the language that's is the foundation of our thoughts so without this language how could I think oh we are half of the human being and especially today like the the issue of a, a lot of younger they have very low esteem because they look at the, all the television and magazine you saw man's face there and that's the reason i think language is so important with our imagination without this vocabulary we, we just couldn't imagine uh, a female z can exist for english speaker i think when you encounter spanish you notice that there are a lot of vocabulary didn't exist in english Yes, uh, um, your language is super, super important to interpretation of events as well. And when you talk about, yeah, this idea of the suffix man, 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 and actually what you're talking about is people, crafts people, not crafts men, etc. Um, and yeah, and it's kind of comes even more to the fore in a gendered language with something like Spanish, which we don't have in English. Um, and, you know, padre is father and padres is parents. So it is a kind of patriarchal language, which is not something we're used to. It is changing. Uh, there are gender neutral words for people now in, in Spanish too. So uh, yeah, I, I should say that it is getting better as well, but it just reinforces these things and the sort of default option in now as it was in the past I think kind of like when you say people did things what you mean is men did things and there's people and then there's women because men are the default option <laughs> men are the sort of default sex it's like oh, no um, so again it's putting that back into and not you know over, you can't overstate it too much it's like you know in there's also this romanticization of the past particularly in prehistory that oh yeah women had loads of power and women did this and, and like mm, you've got to be very careful is that you don't overemphasize it and don't romanticize the past like you know in pagan societies there were all women rulers or everyone had equality you think no 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 you've got to be it's got to be honest and it's got to be realistic um, so you don't want to go too far the other way and invent a false narrative as well. And that, that's kind of as a historian what you want to do. Um, 
you have, you know, everyone has an agenda. And there's been a lot of talk recently about sort of, you know, museums have to be neutral. I used to work in a museum. Um, and, you know, there's lots of events that have happened recently about, you know, re- rewriting history. It's like, you can't rewrite history. Like, you can. That's literally what history is. History is rewriting stuff with the evidence that you have, uh, the most up-to-date information that you have. So it is being rewritten. You're not changing the facts of the past. You're changing the interpretation of them. Um, and you can't be neutral about that. I'm not neutral. I don't, when I was working in a museum, I didn't write neutrally you have an agenda and you have something you want to say um so um so i've totally lost my train of thinking stop there maybe i've lost my train of thought now um <laughs> no no need you can leave that in <laughs> Sorry. No, no need to to we're actually we will keep this part because <laughs> because it's really natural it's a it's a like i don't want to put all the you know smart thoughts like talking for five minutes and non-stop this is a real recording actually yeah so i will keep it so yeah so i, I went down a road that i then couldn't <laughs> yeah, so actually, when we were talking about uh, the museum, the history, actually, I noticed in the uh, National Archaeology Museum, look at these three words in uh, Madrid, actually, you put them together, it's uh, M-A-N. Yes. <laughs> and uh, where are women inside? And uh, actually, there is in Spanish, donde esta las mujeres in museo? There is a campaign about that. I was quite surprised because mujer and museo in Spanish, it makes sense. You can make it like a slogan. Where are the women in the museum? But in English, women and museum, they don't have this mujer museum, this word connection. And in China, it's even worse. Uh, so where are the women in the museum? That makes sense. Why we have to put women in museum? So I was thinking this is a language. Give me these thoughts. And when I speak Spanish and when I speak English and Chinese, I am different persons. I have different personality and thoughts because Chinese always told me, you think too much. You shouldn't think about that. You know, you should find a job, you know, like all this pattern and a single right answer. But Spanish is much more flexible and this Latin language you can see the connection with French even they have very good thinker there and also English is very free but English is very simple language it's not rich enough to cover all the feelings and uh, emotions and I have a lot of Spanish friends they said when they speak English they couldn't find the the proper words to describe so I was thinking well we are talking about a female issue such as I recommend a book about the history of women and that book published by a French writer and I thought that was inspiring because she even uh, contained the Chinese female emperor in the history and Wu Zetian and I was very excited so when I recommend to my Chinese friend and someone said oh this is a book for children I was very very shocked about people think women's history is like children's history it's like oh you read before you go to sleep it's like a manga so I, I can't believe you don't read Freud to go to sleep and when Freud said women are impact imperfect men and his book can become a bestseller but Valet the woman who shot Andy Warhol she wrote a book said men are imperfect female and her book is banned everywhere so this is double standard towards the same opinion and we are definitely not even have the chair on the table there is no place on the table 
Yeah, it's, it's interesting about that sort of women in museums because certainly where I worked and a lot of the museums that I came across, most people who work in museums are women. There's a huge female uh, workforce in women um, in many departments, uh, less in the science departments, less in the engineering departments, I would say. But again, that's changing. Um, so, yeah, we ne- no one ever told me I, I think too much either. <laughs> no one ever dared to tell me I think too much. That's not something um, that I would ever... <laughs> Um, think about um, just the convenience I know, I know. <laughs> some people smudge yeah do edit these kind of random bits out sorry um, God, I was going to say I know I know um, yeah. I think No, you said nobody dare to tell you think too much. I was thinking this is the privilege, you know. England ranks uh, number 21 in the global gender inequality index. Uh, Spain ranks number eight. China 120. Oh no, China 108. Japan 120. So Japan, when I speak Japanese, the Japanese man said you couldn't use certain words. So if I want to see something delicious, I have to say oishi. I couldn't say omai because this is a male language. In the Japanese, it's even more strict. So I got more punishment from the Japanese language concept. Uh, uh, like uh, any Japanese man, when they talk with me, like, oh, you are a foreigner, you are Chinese, you know, this kind of like you are inferior Asian people. You know, in this circle, in this Asia, we have this circle Japanese. We have a lot of misunderstanding. And actually, this language, I was thinking, sometimes they can bend your thoughts because they didn't allow me. So what I was thinking, I talk with my friend, whether in the future we can host a Japanese podcast. And she said, oh, I will never dare to talk with the microphone. So actually, you, when you hold the microphone, it's, you need the support of the culture. It's not only you, it's all your education help you to hold the microphone. Yes, I was looking in that sense is that the, the culture in which I grew up was the sort of 90s uh, when I was at university and with the support from my family and friends, it's like I never felt that I couldn't say anything. I never felt I couldn't express myself or if someone tried to kind of, you know, I've been like that since I was little, apparently, <laughs> according to my mum, that just I always, know, you know, known what I wanted to do and I've always had kind of my own kind of mind and if I didn't want to do something, I would very quietly and calmly say, no, I'm not going to do that, no. It's all right, I'll do something else. So I've never experienced much of people trying to silence me and I, they wouldn't have got very far. Um, anyway, I mean, I did the, the sort of museums thing that I worked in was, it was all metalwork knives, weaponry I looked after as well. A traditionally kind of a male subject, um, but I found it kind of interesting. And I did, you know, I did experience a little bit of the sort of the old man, the old collecting guy syndrome of, trying to explain my own gallery to me or explain my own collection to me but they were, I very quickly and politely kind of shut them down and uh, corrected them when they were wrong which they frequently were um, so I never kind of felt like I had to sort of pander to that uh, politeness the idea that women are meant to be polite all the time um, I was I was polite but kind of like I didn't feel I needed to take um, someone else's opinion and it was somehow better than mine so I guess I've been kind of strong-minded in that way but like you say it's is a cultural thing I was a, I've given the freedom to do that um, and um, in different cultures I'm absolutely aware that it's not as straightforward as that so I've been kind of lucky in that sense
Yeah, and the, I was saying you when you are talking. Actually, the speed. Actually, English. Actually, when people speak, actually, it's quite a fast language. And I remember the first time I feel free is I speak in English. When I speak in Chinese, I have to always take the other people's opinion into the consideration. I have to take care of the other people. And some because I'm running a Chinese free podcast. And it's already been downloaded by 10 million times. So you know, a lot of people start to say because I talk about feminist topic quite a lot. I encourage women to apply for higher occupation, pursue their dream to oversee education. And some people said, "Oh, I'm a man, but I don't feel comfortable when I listen to your words." I was thinking, this is a free podcast. How dare you to tell me you are uncomfortable? Because they were growing up in this environment. They are. Sisters, mothers, everyone exists just to want to make them comfortable. They, they always women cooking for their dinner, taking care of their emotions, and help them financially to buy a house. So when I'm talking about this women and this issue, he feel attacked. He feel like how could you be so powerful and so aggressive? But actually, here I'm just a standard. Maybe I'm too conservative compared with a lot of Spanish girls, but. I feel the gap. I really want to fulfill the gap. It's try to show different possibilities, and the reason I noticed that even we translated some books from French to Chinese, the stereotype in people's mind. Oh, this is for children. The museum is for children. So many parents lead the children there. The children they were not interested in this history because that was boring. So I was thinking, even the the children they were growing up without this. Stereotype. So they start to ask a very interesting question. But when we grow up, we just get used to who cook the dinner, who、uh, pay the the rent. It's like、uh, the stereotype exists in your daily life. Yeah, that's true about museums as well. Yeah, a lot of work、uh, has been done recently to to bridge the gap. So yes, you go to a museum when you're a kid, when you're at school with your parents or. With your school groups, and then when people are retired and they're older, they go to museums as well. And there's this massive gap of people in their twenties and thirties and forties, those without kids who don't go to museums. And in the last few years that I was at my museum in Sheffield, we did a lot of work to encourage young people to come in through, you know, evening activities, music, crafts, that kind of thing. And we had a great events team, which、uh, which organised that. But yeah, it's that issue. It's that kind of history is either for this people, either academics or children. And you've got to understand that history is for everybody, and that includes women history. Like, like I said, you know, I don't. I'm not a big fan of separating out women's history as a separate subject. I think it's needed to be done in order to kind of, re, you know, get back the several hundred years worth of kind of missing information that we have. There needs to be a focus、um, on women's history to to make up for the the neglect that there has been. But ultimately. History is history, and it includes men, and it includes women, and it includes children, and it includes old people.、Um, and actually,、um, again, like you said, the idea that men don't want to read about women's things—that's、uh, an educational thing. That's because they they haven't had to do it before, and it's been treated like a separate thing. People, people, as in men, are for everybody, but only women's things are for women. And you've got to get rid of that. You've got to get rid of that attitude. And all history, including men and women, is to be read by everybody. I've never found none of the men I know don't read women's history. All the men I know,、um, perfectly happy to read 
um, anything about everybody as long as it's interesting it doesn't matter that it's the ma- uh, men or women really um, so again that's something that does need to change is that you've got to understand that all histories are for everybody yeah and uh um, I think women like in the history why we have so few stories because the majority of the gatekeepers they are men so actually even in the academic world actually if you have the name like Paula Smith it's a fewer chance for you to publish your article like uh, Paul Pablo Smith the gatekeeper they just get more familiar they think men are more objective to publish articles and the females issue like related to family life, emotions, marriage, gay birth, they think, oh, this is second class topic. So who decide the agenda in the university? Like we learn chemistry, we learn the physics, we learn philosophy and psychology, but nobody learn about the period. And actually we have a huge gap in this part of knowledge we knew very few about women's body and we, we knew very few about women's life and i was thinking why women is so important because if you want to increase the human being's life expectancy you better give women education because when women can get the education the whole family generation can benefit from her education but the society still have this stereotype women oh you shouldn't pursue too higher education master is good but that's that should be enough for you why you have to pursue uh, even higher so that we never like disencourage men like we never say oh you live shorter you know as a man you are the second sex you shouldn't pursue a phd because you don't live as long as women we never disencourage men like this but this is a fact in all countries in the global society women live longer but nobody talk about that and actually I think if we can live 100 years, that will change the society. Think we maybe stay in the university or maybe go back to the university when we were 40, 50 to have a third, fourth degree because you can have a different life. But uh, this possibility need to be explored. Yeah, it's yeah, interesting about the sort of the gatekeepers of history. And you ha- again, you have this kind of double whammy of kind of go, well, People think only men wrote stuff down, only men were literate, and only men wrote things down. And then in early on in, in the development of history as a discipline, and archaeology as a discipline, and museums as a discipline, um, that it's all done by men. And that's both true and completely untrue at the same time. And a lot of some of the great collections of letters or writings that we have were done by women because they're, they're running the house, they're running the household, they're running the family. So you've got these medieval letters... Um, of uh, oh what's her name now it's going to come to me Patton I want to say Alice Patton it will come to me um, and and Lister for example has recently discovered it in Halifax and you have this huge body of undiscovered information by women written by women and it's also been dismissed oh it's just women writing letters to each other about hats or whatever or you know their children or something it's not relevant and again that comes back to social history um and we worked in a social history environment um and the idea that you know only important men only important people do important things and they're the one that has shaped history and social history is a relatively recent subject and it's of the people it's also a class thing as well this is both linked to gender and class is that the lives of the working people and lives of working women and men were not deemed as relevant as what a king was doing on that particular day that's not true we know that's not true anymore 
um, and the impact that non the non-rulers have had on society is much more significant uh, than we think. Um, and then increasingly, like I said, most women, most of the people that I work with in the museum were women. Um, I've been very lucky to work with some fantastic professors and doctors, uh, a lot of whom are women, a lot of my friends are doctors, are women, and we were proud of that. And we, they shout about it and they're not afraid to say that they, they have these qualifications, they work in history field, they're married and they have families too. You know what, you can, you can do that. <laughs> you can have both things. So I've never, I think again in, in my world, I've never been afraid to um, say the qualifications that I have um, or to hide my knowledge in any way. I've never, I never felt like I've had to do that. Um, not to say there aren't issues in the profession. There are still massive issues on the profession. That's why, you know, that's why I'm, I'm no longer on Twitter because it's just, it's not a nice place. Um, and, you know, women historians get more flack than men historians do for saying exactly the same thing um so yeah there's still a long way to go but um as because i work in a you know a very female dominated profession it's really i found it to be a really supportive environment i'm so jealous of that because i never have that uh, you know roman you know academics so when i look at the conference even mary beard said the first 10 years of her academic uh, career she even couldn't touch the microphone there was no place for her to speak and uh, I went to the conference I only got 10 minutes to pre present my project and uh, while wow, my male partner and uh, he got half an hour I just couldn't believe why we have this such a difference between 10 minutes and half an hour we were the same group of people but it's very interesting like when we were talking about this history and women and I was thinking women will talk about a very important thing in their life is the history men didn't want to hear men didn't want to hear abortion men didn't want to know women can just change their mind and do the abortion so they can determine it a life and actually this power is the in the narrative the religion put it like a punishment so women have to be suffered by the pain of the giving birth but actually Victoria Queen had nine children and it, only in the last one she got this injection medicine to release the pain and at that time the church said that, that was illegal because it's the God punishment it's the Adam Eva it's it's your sin to suffer this pain and in the 300 years in Europe so you, you can you remember the hammer of the witches so many women were burned to death just because they helped the other women to do the abortion and even nowadays abortion still become a hot topic in the social media but i was thinking before we talk about abortion this is like the plan b this is after you got hurt or after you get pregnant but the the, the purpose sex education before get pregnant is never spread. It's a, we don't have this national sponsored sex education organization and even the information they spread was wrong. And a lot of women are suffered by this wrong information, get higher chance to get cancer and uh, heart disease. And they didn't know they had a choice because this is what everyone, they, they, the other people are doing. So basically there was a research. So if you are uh, Asia women like you have twice of the higher chance to get pregnant accident than the white women because in the white society actually there were better information to spread 
in the newspaper, you can publish this kind of thing. So when in my Chinese podcast, I talk about sex, I couldn't upload this episode. The reason I mentioned dirty contents. So this is a male gatekeeper. They reveal women's body like a dirty thing. When you are talking about period, oh, this dirty blood. Even in Chinese today, we call the blood is wuxie, which means dirty blood. Which is amazing. Like millions of the writers, they use this word to describe women's body. Think about. I was so surprised. I have this confidence. I grew up in this very cruel language to tell me my body is a piece of shit. So, but I still, I think England didn't have this issue because you say blood is blood. It's same with your nose blood, hand blood. It's just the blood. But when I use my English to review my Chinese, I can see the cruelness in the past. I grew up by hide my napkin into my bag, and I have a special bag to to put the napkin inside. And I didn't have the chance to use tampon till 28 years old. I didn't have this product. Nobody knew what's that. I followed my friend, and、uh, even today, when I recommend the cup and the Chinese girl, they were fighting with me. They said, "Oh, this is the consumptionism. This is brainwashed by the Western culture." They are fighting for it. They are fighting against it because they have this stereotype: we shouldn't spend too much money on our period. But actually, if you use the cup, actually you can save 90% of the expense than napkin and. Tampon, you can save the ex- expense. Well, they all should be free anyway, so that's you know we shouldn't have to pay for any of this stuff. But that, that's a different kind of argument. Yeah, the kind of the this is again is a historical thing. The lack of、um, one education of women, which is another thing, and the lack of knowledge about science of women in science,、uh, their bodies, and the lack of study of women's bodies goes back to ancient Greece. You know, it goes back all the way back to the to the origins of medicine.、Um, And、um, yeah, this is a problem which、um, is kind of amazingly we're still talking about in 2022. The kind of the chronic lack of information about women's health and women's bodies is something that we're、um, constantly still having to deal with. And it's like I thought we, you know, we we wouldn't have to do this anymore, but apparently we still do. And abortion, women have always had abortions. This is not a new thing either. There's plenty of ways throughout history that women have been able to control their own. Uh, Fertilisation control their own bodies, and they have always done so.、Um, and then you got links with the church,、uh, religious organisations. You know, it go, goes in every level of society. It goes into politics. It goes into religion. It goes into science. It goes into everything,、um, and it affects women on a daily basis. And we go forwards, and then sometimes we go backwards. What we're seeing in, in America at the moment, of course, is a, is a massive step backwards, and it's it's kind of disheartening.、Um, But I guess in general, you've got to kind of try and in history to be a historian, you also slightly have to be an optimist as well, and hope that when you're looking at these things in the past, it's going to get better. And in generally, we do move forward. In general, things kind of go forward. They they go up and down,、um, and it's not always great. But in generally, you know, our lives now are considerably better than if I was living a hundred years ago. I couldn't do what I do now if I was living a hundred years ago. Absolutely not. 100% not, not as a woman, not as a sort of lower middle class background that I'm from. I couldn't have gone to university. I couldn't have moved to a different country with my boyfriend, which who I'm not married to. I couldn't, have, you know, owned my own property. I couldn't do any of these things. So I kind of you've got to look at that to kind of always look at that optimistic kind of side,、um, while at the st- same time pointing out these 
um, inequalities and where they come from is why I think history is important. It's like this has come from somewhere. This is not a new idea. Um, and people, kind of the abusive history, um, and kind of like, oh, people did this in the past and it was much better. Again, like I said, the romanticization of, of history, um, that somehow everything was better in the past and we should be going back to that. Um, that's just, you know, clearly no one who's ever studied history would want to live in the past. Um, I used to do medieval battle reenactment, my hobby. I used to dress up with my friends and we used to go and reenact battles from the Wars of the Roses, 15th century British history. Um, and it was great and we, we enjoyed it and we tried to interpret the past as accurately as we could, which is only, you know, a certain level of accuracy. People said, oh, would you like to have lived in those times? And we're like, absolutely not. I'd like the vote and antibiotics, thanks very much. Of course you wouldn't want to live in the past. Um, only rich white men would ever want to live in the past and it's predominantly rich white men who wish, wish to take us back there now. Yeah, this is the first time I saw the slogan make America great again and uh, what's again? It means uh, 19... Yeah, 1950, 1970 and every man was the breadwinner and they have their wives at home waiting for them baking the food and I saw the movie actually I was so shocked about women like even 40 years ago they couldn't get a credit card with their signature of their husbands okay. only 40 years ago and uh, we have so little about education about finance a lot of women never think about investment never think about to do the credit card they were kind of like anti money I shouldn't talk about money. I'm a lady. This is education we grew up. We never ask the other people's salary. We, women, they don't have a long-term plan for their future property. They think, oh, am I going to buy a house? Which city? How big? When should I buy? Should I borrow a 20 years mortgage or, or, or 50 or 30 years? Like we didn't have this education, but the men, they got support from family. And when they were 10 years old, someone told them, you have to have an independent life. But women grow up in a totally different, it's a dependent education. Oh, you have to know how to cook. You have to know how to take care of your family. You have to know how to please the other people. So this is what we got two different narrative from the history. Women's action, the actor is to be pleased, to be pleased. Like you have to be pleasant, smile, honey, you know, don't be so serious. You know, you have to always like play the other people. Actually, as a woman, we really smile than more men. They, you know, a lot of men, they on the television, they don't give this facial feedback. They look like a poker face all the time. So this is, this is very subtle, like a cultural training. Is we got this automatic reaction. We got like, we play the other people. So when I was thinking like uh, in China where I'm not giving the response such as someone says something and I don't uh, say, oh, it's funny. I don't uh, show these comments. They said, oh, you're cold. So this is their expectation. They expect you will support their ideas. But when I say something, I got this contempt from men. They, they kind of like, oh, you are talking something uh, non-important. They, they can decide what's important and not important. They said, oh, you talk this a lot. And, uh, you know, we have three million English podcasts. And uh, there were same population speak Chinese, but there were only 1% of this market, 30,000 Chinese podcasts. And uh, when I start my podcast with my friend, 
there was so many people, both Chinese men and men, women. They said, "Oh, you talk too much. You talk too fast." And do you know Hello Kitty in Japanese culture? She had no mouth, so that was a cat, 150 years old already, and that was a beautiful cat, a cute cat, who will never talk. So I think talk actually is the power. Is we are creating content. Actually, we are creating power. Yeah, and that's I think one of the great things about social media. Is that、um, it's given everybody a platform, which is also great and also terrible at the same time. But that's free speech for you. And then, yeah, a lot of、um, it's you know a lot of niche kind of things have come out, and a lot of anyone can do a podcast. Like we can talk about whatever we want.、Um, and it's I think it's also given a lot of women and women in academia a, a chance to have these again these untold stories. Is that you wouldn't maybe. You wouldn't be able to publish a book on this,、uh, say, obscure kind of person that you you did in history, but you could do a you know fifteen minute podcast about it, and people would listen. So is that is that great? Is there so much more information out there on niche niche subjects and on、um, these again these lost pieces of history? And that's great. I listen to. I don't have time to read a lot of history books now to sit down and read a book, but, but I do listen to podcasts. And、that's a wonderful thing, and that's I think that's really, really、um, expanded our idea of history and expanded the voices that are able to tell these stories as well. So not just the subjects, but also the tellers. So everyone, everyone can be an amateur historian now. You don't have to spend lots of money publishing a book. You can do your own podcast,、uh, and I think that's great. And it led to more of a democratization of history.、Um, yeah, you mentioned gatekeepers before. That there are less and less gatekeepers now. Less and less someone to. To police your information, to edit that information,、um, and I think that's that's been a great leap forward. I think. Yeah, it's、uh, almost a forty minutes. So I think yeah. yeah. So we think we could plan for the ending. When I was talking with Claire on the way we came here, actually after I did a podcast, I was thinking, oh, I said something good. I should record it. But actually, after I have a podcast, I noticed the the pressure. Of the not recording, because when you are not recording, actually you are not nervous, so you don't have this. Oh, I have to sound very correct. So, actually, when we were talking about the、uh, like women history, I really want to encourage women to make for more friends with women, because from certain age, like a lot of my friends, they got married. They spend all their time to accompany their children and their husband. They don't even reply my message. And I lost so many friends just because they had some family or partnership. I don't, I don't against the relationship, but I think we should also have the female environment, like you build a relationship with female. Because if I always talk about period with a man who never have the period, you know this kind of, I couldn't develop this. Conversation to somewhere, so I think women really have our special experience. Only can be understood by women, and this is society. If you look at the movie, you have very negative about a female's friendship. They end up in in robbing one boy friend from each other, and they are always this competition. Some. Some this idea already existing in our brain. So actually, we spend so much time by ourselves with our family. But I was thinking building relationship and to、uh, expose to new girlfriends is、uh, something we lack of practice. Is when we were in high school. Think about the relationship of girls. You know, competing 
each other all the time, and we didn't have correct education about how to develop a female friendship. Yeah, that's quite. I mean, I've when I was younger, when I was little, I actually had more boy boyfriends, male friends, than I had female friends. Actually, I had, and then with older, I had kind of a split. So I've always had a mix. To be honest, I've always had. Um, boys and girls being friends um, but yeah as you get older you know you can talk about different things with your female friends than you can with your male friends and certainly when you're looking at a professional career as well it's um, it's good to have a real mix and again I'm, I'm in a field like is which is quite dominated by women so I've always had a really good kind of professional network um, of women and here in Madrid as well um, the groups of people that I kind of tend to hang out with it's 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 female-led whether that's the exercise groups that I do or the history club that I'm in uh, yeah I found that quite quickly uh, I managed to sniff out a history club relatively quickly um, and that's what kind of wonderful and it's and I, I kind of um, I like an all I like a mixed environment I have to say um, my idea when I was a kid, I had you know some friends who went to an all-female boarding school, and I thought, oh god, that, that's I would hate that. I would hate that kind of environment. But again, because you're you know you're brought up to be rivals with with women, and yes, I hate depictions ugh, in in the media of kind of women are always in competition with each other, and we're not. We should be collaborating with each other. We should be working with each other in order to support each other, and therefore to support the entirety of society because we are society and we are people and if you women help themselves and help each other then everybody benefits the whole world benefits and society benefits and I think people are just coming to the just about coming to the realization that that's um, also the case too so yes more more of this kind of thing definitely that's very beautiful said you are so natural to be a podcaster <laughs> yeah I, I agree we are the society and i also encourage like a female you can invite your friend to record one podcast in the park like we do today this is my first experience to record podcast in the park when i record my chinese one i have to stay in my bedroom i have to prepare so carefully to avoid all the noise and uh, i have to set my computer use my earphone but in English, this podcast, actually, I can be so relaxed. And uh, also, I was thinking in Chinese, maybe I set too many standards on myself. Oh, I have to be clear. I have to not so fast. But I was thinking, what's the purpose of recording is to meet friends, exchange ideas. So I'll, I'll also encourage people to record their own podcast because I was thinking this is just a toy. Everyone can enjoy it. So thanks for listening. And... Uh, See you next episode. Thank you so much, MT. It's been really great to say day to sit here in a hammock in the Casa de Campo, overlooking the historic city of Madrid. It's been lovely. Thanks very much. Okay. Bye. Okay. Good. Good. Good.